Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 43 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here as always with Sarah Powers. Hey Sarah. Hey Megan, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. Sarah and I are going to be talking about something that, um, I, I feel like we've gotten a lot of questions about this over the years, but I also feel like this is one of those things that doesn't get maybe as much attention as it should. And that mm-hmm. is moms doing things for themselves. And I don't mean like bubble baths and getting pedicures and stuff, although that's all so very nice, but really Good. following their passions and doing the things that are important to them and how outside of motherhood, outside yeah. of motherhood. And sometimes that can fall um, by the wayside for a little bit and or a long time as it did for me. Yeah. And then, you know, there, it's never too late to start kind of adding those things back in. So we're going to be yeah, talking exactly. about about that today, but I'm going to kick it over to Sarah first, and she is going to, I don't know, you got any housekeeping today, Sarah? Do I have housekeeping? Um, I would love for people to continue to sign up to receive an email when a new show publishes. You can do that right at themomhour.com, right in our sidebar. Um, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that um, as we continue to grow the show, email is going to be the best way to reach out to our listeners and our subscribers. Um, and we love Facebook and we love social media, but it's not always a super reliable way to stay connected to each other. So we promise not to spam you, but we would love to be able to email you if we have an announcement or if we have something special to offer you guys or just to keep in touch that way. So you can do that at themomhour.com. Just look for the email sign up and we will not overload your inbox. We don't even have anything to say yet. I just would like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, and we're just collecting you guys. We're just collecting. We, we just want you, know, you in. Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's my only housekeeping, but let's uh, kick this off with our regular segment, which is what's happening in your house this week. What have we been up to? Well, it was Clara's birthday on Sunday. Oh, happy and birthday. She's seven now, uh, which oh is my crazy. Gosh. My youngest child is seven, which I'm, it's really blowing my mind. There's something very adult, not adult, very, very, very big kid about seven. I agree. Cause Six it's like, still feels yeah. kind of babyish, but seven, yeah, and, that's legit. Yeah. Um, and my oldest and your youngest overlap for like a month and a half. So yeah. we both have 
seven-year-olds right now and for just a few more weeks. I really remember being seven pretty well. That's mm-hmm. like that's when those memories started to kind of cement. Like mm-hmm. I have memories of being six and memories of being five and four, but really seven is when I can like I have long periods of time mm-hmm. that I remember things. So it feels like mm-hmm. something happens. Like there's a shift yeah. there. So um, it was fun. You know, I I did the the world's laziest parenting um, and forgot to schedule her party anywhere until like a week before. And I forgot this is kind of a busy time of year for parties. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just thought we'd have it at our house. And then at some point, I just didn't want to have it at our house. Yes. I wanted to just to go someplace and have somebody and else then, clean up and then have everyone just go home and, and then have yeah. me leave. So, um, but what ended up happening is all the places you can book uh, were booked. So we just went to Dairy Queen and Cute. our Dairy Queen has, you know, like a little play area. And so we just got there a little early and staked out a spot. It wasn't even really official. It was really laid back and low key and it actually turned out to be great. So, so I fun. Well, you sent me a picture. We'll put it in the yes. show notes that of proof that you did some kind of a goodie bucket arrangement. If you, if you're a regular listener, you know that we've kind of hated on goodie bags before and any like unnecessary trappings of birthday yes. parties. But Clara really want, it was really important. But to we always reserve the right to, you know, Change things, change up. things up, or you, or, you know, be a total hypocrite. So I was yeah. a total hypocrite, <laughs> and what actually happened was I went to Target to get um, a uh, tablecloth and some napkins and plates and that kind of thing. And I walked in and I was thinking that I was just going to get that and maybe like some kind of pre-done gift bag or something. You know, she mm-hmm. really wanted one, but I was kind of hesitating. And then there's that dollar bin mm-hmm. when you first walk in Target mm-hmm. or that dollar aisle. I'm sorry, where you, you yeah know, you can get all oh, that yeah. stuff. And it's all Easter stuff right now. So it was super cute little super buckets cute. that you can write on with chalk. And then they had chalk right there and some other little things. So, I mean, I didn't make it too obnoxious. I didn't put any candy in it. And there was only really one thing that I feel like would be like one of those annoying, like each kid got like a little pair of sunglasses and cute, you know, cute. so yeah, I know it's gotta be done sometimes. I know. I know. So yeah. now that I've done it once, I never have to do it again, but maybe I, you know, <laughs> maybe that you little will. picture was so cute. We should put it in the show notes. Maybe now I'll yes, do it every time. Will. I know. I know. Well, I think I shared what at some point recently where like, you don't need to say I'm the mom who never does goodie bags. I mean, right. you don't need to stick to that. If that's your thing, then just give yourself permission to not be that way sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, well, my, I have had an eventful week. Um, yeah, sadly, we lost my father-in-law to cancer last week. So that is obviously very sad. It's been a really rough several days. Um, but also as is so often the case, um, we traveled to Chicago. We got to see amazing friends and family. And like like always, there's some very sort of tender and happy and celebratory times too. But oh my gosh, does that take energy out of you, all of that stuff from the travel yeah. to um, the logistics, the logistics of dealing with someone's passing and the ceremonies is, you know, I wasn't the only one who compared it to a wedding, which is maybe sounds sort of weird but um there's but a lot of the planning is similar. it's like a wedding um, where you have like two days to plan it I mean right. really. you have two days to plan it yeah. and everyone is crying the whole time right. instead of yeah. <laughs> for a few minutes um but the way people came together um and planning the food and the logistics of where are we going before and where are we going after um so yeah just we're just like bone tired and um this was expected we knew this was coming it doesn't make it any less heartbreaking but um yeah that is what happened and then this coming weekend I am planning my sister's bachelorette right it is planned but I am going on my sister's bachelorette weekend so I'm literally between a death and a wedding um away from my kids more than usual and it's totally all good I have a few days to regroup 
most of the things are done and the bachelorette is um, actually, it's very much like the retreat you hosted, Megan. I'm yeah, kind of glad that good. I went on that because I kind of can like visualize it's, we rented a big, beautiful home and um, weather's going to be great. And we'll do a little wine tasting during the day um, and go out one night, but it's just going to be like a, a very laid back girls weekend. So I know awesome. my sister's really excited and I'm excited. So yes, funerals, weddings, not exactly my normal everyday week, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. something I had said to Sarah, I mean, we don't have to talk about this too much, but something I had said yeah. to you when, you know, you let me know about your father-in-law was when, you know, I've lost both of my parents and my father-in-law um, about, uh, I don't know, I'm starting to lose track of time now, eight years ago. And I almost think in some ways it's harder when it's an in-law because then it's kind of like not, you kind of are doing a lot of like the scrambling, yeah. trying to like yeah. keep everything together for yeah. everybody else. And, yeah. but the kids are still there and they still need yeah. you and they're still running yeah. around and you might be in, yeah. in someone else's space. It's not your, yeah. even no matter how much you love your in-laws, it's not yeah. your family yeah. of origin Agreed. where you can just let loose. And right. Yourself, well, I felt know? that way on the plane to Chicago. I, I like had this moment where I was like, I really am not sure if I'm flying in to be one of the bereaved or one of the helpers. The support. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think you, you know, end up taking like them like a dual, you take a dual role. Each. Really? Yeah. 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 And it's hard. It's really hard. So yeah, you need so. a big nap and yeah. <laughs> several this big is part naps. Of, this, is, this recording is part of something I love to do. So that's yeah. felt good We're to good. just keep going. Yep. So, and I have to say last week we published an episode called I know, like parenting through the hard times. And, yeah. and I did, I didn't know this was coming. I did not know it was coming like the day the episode would air. I was like, right. oh, that was, that was timely. Way yes, to go, Sarah. Really was. Oh. Um, all right, moving on. So we're talking about everything from hobbies to creative passions to just this sort of like nebulous body of things as a mom that fill you up outside of motherhood and outside of traditional work, unless for some people, I think work is truly what fills that cup, but not right. for everybody. I think that's, if you work full time outside the home, maybe that's also your passion and your hobby and your creative outlet. But I would say that's a small number of people probably. Um, and, I, and I think that can wax and wane too. You know, like sure. when I first started writing professionally, that was new to me in a lot of right. ways and right. it was really fun and exciting and it did and it and it wasn't a point in my life where there was no way I could have fit anything else in right so that was your creative <laughs> that yeah, was my exactly. creative outlet now it's like kind of a little I'm not gonna say old hat I still love what I do but it's just become more routine and more like a job you know yeah and, and that's and opened up grown, energy. Which is, yeah. yeah left space yeah and totally it's up energy for different things I guess now or, or yes. it's, it's encouraged me to look for other things to fill that to meet that right. need so right Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. 
Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, do you just kind of want to go through your journey um, for those who don't know you? I mean, it's kind of a cool, yeah. I mean, you came to motherhood young, you had several creative things you did before, then you got back into writing and then you got back into some of your other stuff. Do you want to just sort yeah. of tell your story? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was, um, it's kind of funny. So I had kids, yeah, really young and actually, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember like the time <laughs> it's been so long now. I want to say Jacob was about a year old when I decided to go back to college because I hadn't finished. And mm-hmm. I actually decided to go back as a theater major, which people were like, um, you know, <laughs> you're like a 20 year old mom and you're going to go back to school as a theater major. And the reason I really decided to do that was because I had been both a business major and an English major, um, English mm-hmm. lit. And neither one of those felt like they were for me. I mean, I love the English language. I love communication. I love writing. I just like studying and dissecting literature was not fun for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the kind of book person, like I read a book, I have to read a book like four times before I pick up on symbolism. I don't know if I'm just too straightforward or what, like, I just don't, that's not fun. Well, for I me. think you're big picture. I mean, it makes yeah. a lot of sense because yeah. I, that is exactly what I loved about being an English major the, is in fact, that's why I like to study poetry is because yeah. poetry is more dense and you can spend an hour picking apart. Yeah. No, that, that I just want to enjoy it. I don't really want yeah. to think about it that hard. And, um, to me, it's like, what is the feeling I get when I come away from a book or like, I'll remember thing. I'll remember dialogue or bits of scenery and stuff, but I just don't, I just don't hone in on that stuff. So I was not suited to be an English right. lit major. So anyway, by this time, you know, I'd gone, I'd kind of dropped out of two majors or at least, you know how you do that thing where you just keep taking more classes and like, you're not really getting anywhere. It was like that, you know, right. I just kept adding on more classes, but it was like, I'm paying for all these classes and not really getting any closer to a degree. And, um, they, the, the college near me had this really great theater program. And I thought, well, you know, I need to get a degree or I need to go to school. Or I need to be doing something. Um, John was working a lot. And so I was waitressing, but I wasn't, you know, working outside the home and I wouldn't have made enough money anyway to even justify the daycare. So <clears throat> going to school worked for us. And I thought this is something I can finish. Like this is something I can start and finish. I love it. Um, there's a very straight, like a very clear pathway in this program. You just, it was like all these studio classes. So you take all the mm-hmm. classes together and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I did that. And then I fell in love with it. And I thought, well, you know, at the end of it, maybe I'll teach or maybe I'll, there's a million things I can do. It doesn't really matter what I go to school for. 
But I ended up really falling in love with this program and I did it for three semesters. And then I got pregnant with Isaac and had to drop back out again. Um, but it was, it kind of showed me that, I mean, the people that were in the class were so fun and cool. And it was like going to school, going to class, even though I was working really hard, felt like play. Like it felt really mm -hmm. fun. And yeah, it, it was a very early lesson that I didn't have to give all that up just because I was a mom and now I was supposed right. to be really responsible. I could right. actually do something that was both getting moving me in a direction that I needed to go in and was filling my cup or doing something um, mm -hmm. for me. So we ended up moving. Um, and that was when I was staying at home with both the little kids. And at one point I did end up doing, um, I did a couple of theatrical productions when they were really little. And then mm -hmm. we, and then life just kind of got in the way and I didn't for like, I don't know, 15 years. And the mm -hmm. funny thing is when we lived in Chicago, I mean, I had lots of opportunities to do theater. There was theaters everywhere. And I kept, mm -hmm. I'd get an audition notice and I'd get really excited about it. And then at the last minute, I just wouldn't show up. And I was like, what am I, why am I doing this? Like, why am I sabotaging myself? And I realized it was just not the right time. It was just, mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time. And then we moved here and there's this little theater down the road. And I could have jumped in with both feet really anytime after Clara was like a year old. Right. I really could have done it. But it just never felt like the right time. And when I finally decided to do it when she was uh, five, it was just absolutely the right time. Like that was the mm -hmm. right time for me. So I've done a few plays. Um, well, musicals. I, I like mm -hmm. tend to just wait for the musicals. And actually just got cast as a lead in, in a musical called Next to Normal, which is going to be coming on May. It's different. I've never done a dramatic role. This is going to be a real challenge. And it's very... Kind of a oh, heavy, cool. kind of a heavy show with really awesome music. And I went to my first rehearsal last night and the cast, especially for a small town community theater. I mean, I don't want to have to qualify it that way, but you right. know, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, I'm just blown away. So I'm oh, really cool. excited about this, but it's been a long, you know, there was a long pause button on that. Mm -hmm. And in the interim, really writing was what kind of filled that, that um, need for me because it mm -hmm. was a creative outlet, even though it was also work, it was both creative and, and right. work for a long time. So right. well, that's like kind of like the non cliffs notes. That was a very long cliffs notes version. No, no, I think, <laughs> I think it's great. Um, I have, I have several thoughts. Well, I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of bring everybody up to speed on where I am because yeah. as most people know, I'm, you and I are only a couple years apart, but we're like 10 years apart in motherhood. So right. um, I'm just barely coming to any kind of point where things outside babies and toddlers make sense. But um, so I grew up, dancing and I didn't I was not a dance major but I was lucky enough in college that the dance department allowed non-majors um to do basically everything I mean pretty much everything you could be in show you could audition for shows I think the dance majors maybe had priority over certain things and certain classes but I was essentially like I it, I was like almost like a dance major without having to do some of the boring classes that they had to do anatomy and you know whatever. Actually, an anatomy would be interesting, but you know what I mean? Like I didn't have requirements. So I continued dancing and choreographing and performing all through college. And then after college, decided to try and do it professionally in Chicago, which I did um, for about two and a half years. I performed, I was in small companies. I did, you know, I would like do paid guest artist work at like studios in the suburbs where they'd hire, you know, professionals from the city. And it was amazing. It was like, I, it was never something I thought I was going to do in the first place really professionally. Um, academics came more easily and I knew I wanted to write. And so I just kind of like kept dancing until all of a sudden I was there and I was like, well, this is awesome. Um, and then I quit dancing completely cold turkey, which is a little strange, but we were moving to a new state and I had started um, 
freelancing and working a little bit and I was writing and I was writing, I was doing corporate writing, corporate communications, but it was very engaging. It was, I was like in a really cool business environment where my writing was like important part of business strategy and the company's growth and like a mix of like PR and kind of company culture and employee communications. And I loved it. So I didn't, it wasn't like, well, now I'm going to get a real job. Like it wasn't like a hanging up my point shoes to settle down and be practical. It might've looked like that on paper, but that it was actually, I was actually really ready, I think, to use my brain a little bit more and my feet a little bit less. <laughs> and we, we happened to move states at that time. So I did your body to- just atrophy. <laughs> I just feel like that would be such a big change, like from using those muscles all the time. It, I know, I know. And it was very sudden because of our move, because when we moved, I didn't know any dancers or any dance studios. And I really was kind of ready, I think, to kind of just it had been really intense and I was just ready. We were engaged. I was kind of thinking about like a wedding and like the idea of like a a really fulfilling corporate quote unquote normal job was actually really attractive to me. I had been waiting tables and like working 11 days a week for two and a half years. And before that I'd been in college. So it kind of seemed like sexy in a way to like, have yeah, nice no, I totally get go it. to work every day. Yep, it's, <laughs> and just, it's, it's something it a, new. It's something different. Yeah. You know, after 10 years, you might have gotten tired of that yeah. as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I guess from going back to the creative side, um, because I moved to a place where I was out of the dance world, it was kind of easy to just close that door and not miss it. And the other part of it, I was, I was very uh, wary of what it would feel like to try to dance and not be at the top of my game physically. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, we've talked about working out. I didn't really work out for a long time either, but I was active and then we started having babies and, you know, it wasn't so much like a strength or, or like how in shape I was, but just, I had been at the very, very top of my game and I had never taken a break longer than, you know, a vacation or something. I had never had a serious injury where I was out more than, you know, a week or something. So to go back after six months or a year or then two years or five years, it just felt like, well, I just, I honestly felt like I'd feel really crappy about myself. Um, and that was enough to, to just keep me like, you know, I don't, I'm not really going to go back to dance. What would I do? And only in the last like year or two have I thought, I think it would feel really good to take a ballet class, like really good. Like, I don't think I'd be critical of myself. It's been, I think 11 years I figured out just over 11 years since I have danced until uh, two weeks ago when I'm getting to that part. Um, so, um, so a, a few weeks ago, or a couple months ago, we decided, um, some girlfriends and I to meet up in the hometown where we grew up. And one of them is very rarely there. So, um, I said, what, wouldn't it be crazy if we asked Delilah, our ballet teacher that we grew up with to teach like a reunion dance class? She's, um, I think in her probably early sixties, but we grew up, she taught us our whole lives. Um, and so we invited a bunch of people, only like four or five people could make it. And I, everyone was terrified because most of these people had not danced in anywhere from like eight to 15 years. And it was actually really amazing how much like muscle memory and just Mm. like putting yourself in an environment that was so familiar for so long. And it was actually fine. I mean, we were sore the next day. We definitely couldn't do some things and our teacher went really easy on us, but that was my, so it was really funny. It was mostly funny, um, but it was also really interesting how, familiar something can feel after that long. And whether it's like, I mean, singing for you or Hmm. just something that you haven't done in an official capacity. So that was my really long backstory um, on dance. But I think if there's like a bigger, a bigger point there is that um, it's easy to write off the things that you used to do as like either no longer practical or no longer something you want to do or like a 
chapter that has closed. And I obviously, if you know me, I tend to be more black and white about that kind of thing. But um, it's kind of a fun experiment to be like, well, what would happen if I picked up knitting needles that I haven't picked up in 10 years? Or if I went to a singing class or joined a choir or joined a soccer team, you know? So it's just, I think the curiosity is, is interesting. I think we get to this place where the curiosity is enough to be like, I'm going to go to that audition or I'm going to, and if you're not there yet, I mean, a lot of our listeners are just in earlier in motherhood. If you're not there yet, that's okay. But I think being open to that curiosity and just like, no, it's not going to be the same as what it was, but it might be really cool or it might just be an experiment, you know? I don't know. Yeah, no, I I think you're you're right. I, I think that there's also this kind of self defeating thing we sometimes do. Like you know, it's like when you're in it, when you're in motherhood, um, it feels so long. Like it just feels like it's just going to be forever, you know. Right. And you don't. It's hard to see the other <clears throat> side of whatever stage you're on. And we've talked about this a million times. Most people don't have five kids, um, so I really did have a long, long stretch. It, ha- it worked out that I also happened to be young, and so that you know was kind of in my favor. But for most people, you know, that stretch of time when you're really going to be out of whatever it is you're, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to do, or when you really physically can't or logistically just can't, isn't maybe as long in real life as we think it is in our fantasy right. minds. Because right. when you're right. 30, 40 feels like seems like so old, right? And when you're me, when you're 38, you're like, oh, that's that's really yeah. not that much older than I am right now. It's just, it, it, right. it all becomes very relative. And I remember actually having this moment in my mid-20s, maybe it was when I was pregnant with Owen, and just going, gosh, I mean, every time I thought I was going to kind of get back into it, you know, I'd have another baby or something would happen and it right. would get pushed a little bit far back, further back. And I remember thinking, I'll never, now it's too late for me to like really ever mm-hmm. think about doing all those roles I thought I'd want to play. Like all those mm-hmm. ingenue type roles like yeah. that I really would want to do. It's too late. It's too late. The funny thing is I really probably could have played those into my early thirties and just thought I was, you know what I mean? I thought I right. was older or looked older than I really did. Right. But even so now that I'm back and I really am pretty much genuinely too old for a lot of those roles, <laughs> I don't even want those roles anymore. That's not right. even what interests me. It's just kind right. of funny. Like, right. like I thought that was the big thing that would kind of wreck it for me. And now mm-hmm. I'm like doing a lot of mom roles and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Like I, that's yeah. where I am in my life. It makes sense to me yeah. and I'm better. Like I'm way better yeah. than I used to be. Yeah. And that's another yeah. thing I thought I would get worse or like being out of practice for so long. Yeah. Um, would make, you know, would I'd, my voice would go or, uh, yeah. you know, I'd lose any chops I might've had. And in fact, I actually think it's the opposite. I think right. life experience has made me better. Now, some things, you know, some, some ships have not necessarily sailed. However, if I were to want to, for example, become a really great tap dancer at this age mm-hmm. with essentially no skills, I would really <laughs> have to like work really hard on that. And maybe right. that's, maybe that's not worth it to me anymore. You know, it was fun to kind of right. dabble, but maybe I'll never be like a triple threat. <laughs> Cause to me that would, you know, to be able to like sing and act and dance, I mean, right. would require a level of dedication to it. Right that I don't really have anymore. But in right. some ways that's kind of, um, it's a little freeing. Yeah. I don't have to be that. Yeah. I yeah. can just do it the way I want to do it. And right. so I can do the roles I want to do. And it's just, I don't know. I guess I just have like a much more balanced or measured view of it all now and yeah. how to make it fit in my life without being so all yeah. or nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, I think that is, that is so true. Um, I wonder how, if we can kind of give people some thoughts on how to start. So you, I have a clear dance background and you have a clear theater background and both of us have had writing, which has at different points been like all job or all play or a mix of both. Um, 
But let's say we've got listeners who either decided to stay home or are working full time in a career that is maybe less arts focused yeah. and who really feel like, and I know there's people like this, sorry, I thought it was dog noise. I just let you, that go. You just dropped um, a big pile of stuff off your fell, desk or something. Fell out of my chair. <laughs> I jumped out of my chair. Um, but let's assume we've got somebody who's um, like a, 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 on a different path and who says, Megan and Sarah, I don't have any hobbies or I am not creative or I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do outside motherhood, but I know I want to do something. I know you've you've written, and we've heard from people like that, where it's it's different. It's not a it's it's not a built-in creative or artistic thing that's been always right. part of their lives. Does that make sense? Do you have yeah, any totally. first thoughts? Well, first of all, um, I think it's really important to point out that there's a lot of ways to be creative, and not and sometimes we think we tend to just kind of group the arts under creativity, yeah. but that might not yeah. be your particular right. passion. And, and that's it's not visual performing arts. That's fine. Right. I mean, there's right. lots of things you could really get into and there's ways to do things creatively um, that can kind of itch, scratch that itch. So right. just, just to kind of widen horizons there a little bit. Yes. Um, one thing I think that you mentioned before, Sarah, is curiosity. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were saying like there's that curiosity and I think that's something we can't lose. Like just that idea of what, what is out there that maybe I haven't even thought about. And, um, and also then looking for example, like looking for opportunities to, to connect those dots and then jumping on them. And sometimes, yeah. you know, that's the hardest part, right? You may, you might have like getting the ideas hard. You can usually do a quick Google search and find some opportunities in your area right. to do something. Right? right. But then it's the setting up the childcare or yeah. it's like the making sure your spouse yeah. is going to be home on, you know, at that time or whatever it is. And that it's calling up and registering. It's like, that or walking into a class for the very first yeah. time by yourself. I mean, those right. kinds of things are, can be intimidating. Um, and I think that we need to keep that, not only that curiosity, but that sort of like do it now. Do Sometimes it now. It just and has also, to be a do it now motion. Yeah, yeah, do it now. And I would add to that, give yourself permission to totally quit. Because sometimes that it feels too. like, um, well, if this doesn't work, then I've made a fool of myself by even thinking I should take, you know, of ceramics class or whatever. Um, but if you go in giving yourself permission, like this is an experiment and if I hate it, who cares? You know, it doesn't have to be my next thing. Um, I also, Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to say it can also be really, really slow and steady too. And, and make Mm -hmm. it really easy on yourself. I think I've told, maybe written about this on the blog before. Um, but a few years ago, I have been interested in needlework since I was a little kid. Like I remember looking at my mom had a bunch of embroidered pillowcases in the house. And I remember just touching the embroidery and thinking like, wow, someday I want to be able to do that. Well, here I am 38 years old and (laughs) have never completed an embroidery project. However, a few years ago, I did order off Amazon a kit. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, the kit kind of had all of these different knots built in. So it taught you how and I went through and worked on it and watched little tutorials on YouTube and learned how to do these knots. And it's only mm-hmm. half done. And now I work on it at a rate of, I'm going to say, a stitch <laughs> a stitch a week. <laughs> it might never get done. And that's yeah. okay. Like, I'm on the super slow path. Like, and, right. I made, and then I bought an even simpler kit that I knew I could knock out like in an hour because I realized the one that I bought was great for learning but not great for finishing. Mm-hmm. I'm probably never going to finish it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just the act of trying something new, like looking at the colors, like touching the, you know, the texture of the threads, like those things were just as satisfying to me as if I had something to hang on my wall now. Right. So right. Anyway, yeah. go on. No, I think, I think that's great. Um, I was going to go back to, to the challenge of sometimes not knowing what it is, like not even knowing 
what it is you want to do. Um, And I remember I tried to look for this article and couldn't find it, but I know it's, I know it's Gretchen Rubin who has um, a podcast called, oh my gosh, Happier. The podcast is called Happier and um, she's written several very popular books. Um, But Gretchen Rubin talked one time about paying attention to what you are envious of or jealous of in other people. And I know that's kind of like an ugly emotion that has a lot of negative connotations, but if you like feel a mild twinge of envy or jealousy, especially about another woman or mom or someone relatively in your position, like maybe not Kate Middleton, the princess or something, but um, pay attention to what that is and what they might have um, as a clue to maybe what you're missing. Not that you need to replicate their situation at all. That's not what I'm saying. But that if somebody is, if it feels like a little envious that somebody's say, got a whole bunch of um, projects going on or a really interesting social life or um, is always reading interesting books, just paying attention to that, even though it's a negative emotion um, as a clue into, okay, well, what maybe what little thing could I add in that would scratch that itch? Does that make sense? I remember really being impacted by that post or article that she wrote um, as just pay attention to that envy or jealousy, especially when it's somebody that is in your maybe circle or whose life might be similar to yours and you feel like, gosh, you know, whatever. Um, so that was one thing. And then again, paying attention to like the days where you wake up and you're like, Oh, I'm so glad that I have that on my schedule today. Mm -hmm. Or I wish I had, you know, like it doesn't have, it doesn't always have to be outside of your normal life and sphere. It doesn't always have to be something completely new. It might be more of something that you're doing naturally. So an example of that for me is I have a lot of friends who had kids way later than me and who text me for things like breastfeeding advice or sleep advice or potty training advice. When I get those texts, I get like nerdy excited. And I, these are friends who will listen to me and who, you know, it's not like, and I, I'm not going to go start teaching parenting classes, but I, I can pay attention to that and do things like co-host this podcast because I really like helping moms who are a little farther behind feel more confident and feel like they're making the right decisions. I get super excited when I get asked for parenting advice, especially about babies and toddlers. Don't ask yeah. me. Don't ask me past that because I don't know what I'm doing. But you know what I mean? That's a little example of paying attention to something you're already doing that feels really fun. Yeah. Um, might just mean that there's something to explore there, that you don't need to find a new hobby. You might need to find ways to do more of what already feels good. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, and I like that you pointed out that you don't necessarily need to write a parenting book or whatever it is, you know, Um, that idea of taking what the big thing is and, but then embracing the small way that it it already is part of your life or could be part of your life. Um, We don't always even recognize sometimes. Right. When we're already doing something and, and everybody, we have this thing, I don't know if this is a, an American thing or what, but we feel like everything has to be a thing. You know, like, yeah. It's yes. not enough just to help your friends on a text. You know, you need to take yeah. all those texts and turn them into a book and then you need to become like yes. the next guru. Um, yes. And it doesn't always have to be that. Let me tell you, you know, getting on that path um, is, it adds a level of it to, it to it that it's not always fun and sometimes mm-hmm. can actually suck the joy right out of it. So you, yeah. that's another thing to consider before you go too big with whatever it is right. you're wanting to do. Is that going to make it feel like a job? Right. Um, I think that's one of the reasons, honestly, that I really was able to pursue writing as a career and probably never could have pursued theater as a career because to me, writing was always just kind of a way to communicate. and. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways I can do it. And it didn't feel like taking my art, you know, as mm-hmm. I, I hate to be like that about it, but, and trying to turn it into a job. And I mm-hmm. feel like if I had tried to, you know, make it as an actor, there would have been something, and some people do that and they're great at it and that's great. But I, I think for me, the whatever piece was missing that would have made that possible for me, because I think mm-hmm. I just wouldn't, I don't know, it would have sucked the, the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, that's, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I can see that. I was going to say, um, I wanted to bring up photography because that is another place where unlike dance or writing, which were things I had done my whole life. Um, and I knew I was relatively good at, and it was just a matter of how much I want to do them or how much, like you said, is it going to be kind of passion or career or a combination of both? Um, I never, ever, ever thought of myself as a person who took good photographs. Um, and I started playing with Instagram like six years ago, probably when it started pretty early on in its days. And it started with probably a little bit of that envious thing. I mean, I just sort of idolized people who could take really great pictures of their kids or not just of their kids. And especially I love the combinations of photos and words. And that's still, if I think of going back, I've always liked the combinations of photos and words. Um, The words part is what's been the through line. um, And I never, ever thought of myself as a photographer. And I still don't. However, if I really look at it, I've gotten way, way, way better. And I've started to like own it a little bit. Like I I bring my camera and I take pictures of my friend's babies and stuff. And I know Mm -hmm. that I can take better pictures than they can. And that that's something I can sort of contribute. Um, And that one snuck up on me. So I think, I guess the point is, um, if it feels too pressure laden to go back to something you were once good at, or you know, you are good at, or you know, you you know, you know, a you lot peaked. about you already you peaked, peaked. <laughs> you peaked or you have, or, or it's loaded with a lot of expectations. Then the other alternative is to, like you said, start baby steps with something brand new, you know, cooking. Like, you, yeah. I mean, again, it's like a whole another, um, like genre, but you've talked yeah. a lot about learning to cook from scratch and going from like terrified of chicken 
to not like you're a professional chef, but to really enjoying the creative part of yeah. putting food on the table. So it can I, be anything. And um, so much of it is accessible to us in our homes. Like your point about photography. I mean, there are some people who are awesome Instagram photographers and have just gotten really good at using their iPhones or whatever. You know, it's right. it doesn't have to be if you have a kitchen and some food in it um, and a pan, you know, right. you, you can dabble there, too. It doesn't have to be something that takes you out of your house. You pay for right. register for any of those things and that you love. And it can be relatively like. You don't have to share it. Like we said, you don't have to start a website and start promoting yourself. Like I'm thinking of like, I've, we've talked about this. When I have people over, my favorite part is setting a really pretty table. I would never call myself like a table set designer right. or even like even try and promote it. I just really enjoy it. Like I love setting a pretty table. Um, and I look forward to times when I can do that. It doesn't, that it can stop there. Like yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to start a blog and I'm not as good as anybody who has a blog. I just like it. That's all. I like setting a pretty table. Well, you know, that's actually, I, mean, I know that like it's, it's, it's popular now to kind of rip on social media and how much it's made everybody narcissistic and, and, uh, and we feel like everything's on display all the time. But I will say one of right. the things I really love about like Instagram and Facebook is that it gives you like, it gives you an opportunity to, to sort of like share something like that on a really small scale and then forget mm -hmm. about it. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny to me. I'll flip back through my Instagram photos sometimes and be like, they're so random. Some of the stuff that I'll post, it'll just be something I did that I'm kind of proud of. And yeah. then I just post it. And then I literally never think about it again. I'm not trying right. to build a brand as someone right. who roasts the best chicken or right. who did my hair, who does my hair great every single day. But if I have, you know, if I, one day I pull off a cute hairstyle and I want to just quickly show my friends or strangers or whoever. Right. I mean, I can do that. I actually think that's kind of fun. It just, it allows us to kind of like show it off a little bit and just be like, Oh, I did this and then yeah. move on. And I think yeah. as long as we don't take it too seriously, um, unless it yeah. for you is a career or is a brand that you're building. Yeah. I mean, but there's a, so much room for us to just be ourselves and right. just be like, Hey, look what I did. You know, look at me and right. that's it. And then just right. go on. And I'm, you know, right. I love it when people do that. Cause I like seeing what other people yep. have, have done. I mean, I think yeah. that's great. No, so, I agree. I agree. I, I want to talk a little bit before we wrap up about this idea of, because I know I, I touched on this earlier, but this idea of us being too old for things, I think that that is something mm -hmm. that either too old for things or past that, like can't do that mm -hmm. anymore. Can't start too mm -hmm. late, too late to start. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm not anywhere where I'm like starting anything really new right now, but I'm, as I'm getting closer to 40 and as my kids are getting older, I'm really thinking, is this going to, is there going to be like the next decade of my life? Is that going to be the time when I try something outlandish that mm -hmm. I am in no way in shape for? Like, what will that look like? And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Um, I'll give you an example. I was, I went to a Cirque du Soleil show recently mm -hmm. and I, um, I didn't think I was going to like it. My friend calls it Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> And I was kind of along the same. I just thought it was going to be really new agey and corny, but it was uh -huh. the Michael Jackson one show. And oh. It was, it was amazing. I was so blown away. But one of the things that really blew me away was this woman who was like a, you know, hanging, f like spinning on the ribbons and, you know, I don't even know what it's called. Yes, 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 the yes. acrobat lady, mm -hmm. they, like they yeah. kind of wrap themselves all the way to the top and they roll all the way down. Yeah. Mm. And I remembered being a little kid and thinking that was what I wanted to do more than anything in the world was be that lady, you know, <laughs> tangled up on a rope or in a, a you know, streamer or whatever. Right. And then the very next day, I, when I, after I got home, this advertisement popped up in my Facebook feed for a local <laughs> aerial yoga class, which awesome. is, not, is not the same thing as being you know, a 
I don't even know right. a rope dancer. What do you even call it? An acrobat. But yeah, like an aerialist. An aerialist. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Something. I don't know that for sure. But I took the class and it was awesome. And it's really scratched a little bit of that itch, like just mm-hmm. dangle upside down on something that's you know suspending me from the ceiling. Like that felt awesome. And I, at that moment, I remember thinking, like, I wonder if I could really go for this. Like, if I could get myself in physical shape enough not to be like the 25-year-old right. spinning 100 feet up in the air in the Michael Jackson show, but that I could right. do something resembling something somebody would want to look at. Right. <laughs> and I don't know the answer. I mean, I don't know if I want to challenge myself in that way, but I felt it's like possibility. Like, like yeah. I could. If I really wanted to, yeah. I could. And yeah. just knowing that if I really wanted to, I could sometimes is enough yeah. to not actually yeah. have to do it. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I guess... You know, if you're if you're a 25-year-old mom or a 30-year-old mom or a 35-year-old mom or whoever you, you know, whatever stage or age you're at, I just feel like there's so much more possibility than sometimes we give ourselves um, room to dream of. Agreed. Totally agreed. And I'm going to say something that's almost on the, other, on the flip side of that, which is if you're in the trenches, which is a phrase we use all the time, please, if you catch yourself saying I should have a hobby or I should be doing something outside of motherhood and you don't desperately want to just stop. I think there's a lot of pressure about like moms need to get out of the house. Moms need to have friends that aren't moms. Moms need, or that it's somehow like, again, it's just, it's just a tricky way of telling us we're not doing enough, but there's a big difference in saying that as this could be something that might be fulfilling to you or might challenge you or might make you happier and saying you need to get a hobby. I have heard more than one mom saying, say, I feel like I need to get a hobby. And what they're really saying is I'm not quite sure that I'm happy right now with just how the day-to-day things are at home. But if you are happy and some people are, and I've, I've been in phases where I just really didn't desire anything else. I was either too tired or I was just challenged enough at home. There's, you know, there is challenge and fulfillment in it. And if it's there, don't feel like you need to get a hobby or you need to get up early and read inspiring books or you need to, you know, join every committee to prove that you're doing something outside motherhood. So I just think we have to be careful about that. Everyone is so, so, so different. And I've had times where uh, like the date night or the getting out at night was always a big one for me. I had a lot of um, like I felt like people were always saying, you got to get out like you guys got to get out and go on a date, get a sitter and go out. I don't we know this about me. I don't really like to go out at night unless it's really worth it. So I had years where, you know, our date nights were just at home watching TV together. And I turned down most like late night things to do. Um, but there was a lot of should like moms need to get out. They need to get out of the house. They need to be away from their kids to feel normal. Sometimes they do. And some moms do, but not every mom does not all the time. Does that make well, sense? And I think a lot of us have long phases where we just don't, I mean, and right, that right. we've talked a lot about that before, um, the whole date night thing. I mean, we didn't go on date nights for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't really, I was really in cocoon mode at that time. Yeah. I just didn't really want, it wasn't worth the effort to me that I would have had had to go through to make that happen at that point in my life. And, um, you know what, what, when you were talking about that and like, you know, you need a, I need a hobby. I hear that a lot too. And I think when, when people are saying I need a hobby, um, sometimes, yeah, it's because they realize something is missing and they don't know what it is and they're trying to fill that. And sometimes it's just because like you also said, they feel like that's what they're supposed to say. Right. Exactly. That's what they're supposed to think. And I, and I, I totally agree that that, it's where if whatever stage you're in right now, um, 
you've got time, you know, yeah. got, that's, I guess that's kind of my whole point. It's like, yeah. you've got time. There's no rush on any of this and wherever yeah. you are right now is where you need to be. And I will say when I was in that phase of life, I was, I did a lot of consuming. I didn't do yeah. stuff. I read about or watched other people do stuff. Yeah. And that was all yeah. I really needed at that point yeah. in my life. You know I mean? Yeah. There's a reason I watched tons more traveled and HGTV and Food Network kind of stuff when I wasn't actually doing any of those things yeah. because it was yeah. an easy way for me to get a little spark of something outside yeah. of my home without actually putting my shoes on at nine o'clock yeah. and getting a sitter and leaving. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I, I think there's, there's ways to introduce whatever it is, like music or, but we've talked about mm -hmm. all the stuff before, music or uh, literature or images or mm -hmm. especially now especially mm -hmm. these days, texture and color and mm -hmm. these ideas into your life without having to act on them at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like that balance. Like at some point, maybe you'll be ready to dip your toe back in. And I think you'll know yeah. when you're there. Yes, I think you'll know. I think that's kind of how you started your story. And I loved yeah. that. Like that you just, it just wasn't the right time. Like it yeah. wasn't the right time. You tried it, then you didn't try it. And then you knew when it was When it was the right time, time I knew. Oh. And I did have to, I did have to push myself a little bit that first time just to kind of get out of my mm -hmm. um, routine and shake it up a little bit. But you know what? I knew I needed to do it. It wasn't, I, I pushed myself, but I wasn't resisting that hard. It was just like right. I needed to cheerlead myself a little bit. And yeah. now, it's, now it's easy. Now it's just part of what I do again. So yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I guess we could probably just wrap it up there, right? Like you have plenty so. of time when so. it's your time, you'll You'll know and yeah. small and make it easy on yourself and, and don't and, be afraid to dream. And yeah. And I think there's, old. I think there's value in going back to an old passion and also lots of value in dabbling in new ones. So just paying attention to what, what feels maybe slightly scary, but really fun versus totally scary and not fun at all. And not you know, fun just, at all. Just if something attention. is really scary and not fun at all, just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Oh. On that on that on note, that note. Um, I wanted to add one more thing before we wrap. Um, we're going to do something fun and or special for kind of the one year anniversary slash 50th episode of this show. We just don't know what yet. Um, so either a special episode, we might do a giveaway, we might change things up and do things differently. If you guys have any good ideas about that, we would love to hear them because we're going to be brainstorming um, and you guys have really good ideas. And those yeah. of you have been listening the whole time have almost a year's worth of shows. So if you have any crazy ideas about what we should do for our, it'll be about the same thing. The first anniversary slash 50th episode. Um, we'll do yeah. something. So you can tell yes. us what you think we should do. And Email us it, at hello at the momhour.com with all your great ideas. Just keep in mind that if it's scary and not fun at all, we won't do it. <laughs> we won't do it. We won't. <laughs> and and if, it requires Sarah, that... if it requires yeah. Sarah to have fun or leave the house, she won't yeah. do it. <laughs> I was going to say, keeping in mind, we hate fun and that I prefer to be in my own house at all times. So given those parameters, no, just kidding. Um, yeah, hit us with your ideas. I thought that'd be fun to see what people come up with and we'll come up with something too. So that's all I got. Thanks everybody. Got. And we will week. talk to you soon. Hey everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the mom hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.
Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.